Hurricanes fans, if you were starting to get excited about the possibility of joining the SEC, this now might be the time to dial that excitement back a little bit. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Want to send a huge shout out to LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply over the weekend. We had an episode about how, you know, do the Florida Gators, could they play a role in potentially blocking Miami from joining the sec? How influential could they be? It may not even come to that. According to a report from Saturday down South, they do a very good job covering college football SEC officials and athletic directors and university presidents are now saying they're not interested in expansion beyond the 16 teams that they're going to have once Oklahoma and Texas officially join the SEC in 2025. They claim they're standing pat at 16. They've got 14 teams right now. They're going to be at 16 in a couple of years. They are saying no mas. They don't want to add any more. Here's what they're saying, and I'll give you my spin on what they're really saying. Because, folks, when you hear quotes from anonymous athletic directors and anonymous SEC officials, you don't take it at face value. There's always more to the story, okay? So an SEC athletic director told Saturday Down South, we are positioned at 16 teams for a robust future, he said. The need to expand just isn't there. A different SEC official had this to say, quote, I don't see any expansion move talking about other conferences expanding like the Big Ten. I don't see any expansion move as threatening to us. Uh, he was then asked if Notre Dame to the Big Ten, which isn't for sure happening, but it's being talked about, if that would be a threatening move. The SEC source said, quote, why? I'll put our product versus anyone's product. So we're going to just add schools to add schools, he says. There, there's no value in that. Um, now, here's my take. I'll give you a couple of them. The first thing that went into my head, because it always comes back to the University of Miami for me, and it always comes back to the ACC for me, because I'm ACC all the way. Well, I mean, in reality, I'd probably like to leave the ACC, but it is what it is. Um, if you do take this at face value, that 16 is where they're going to be for the foreseeable future. And they're not going to start poaching schools like Clemson or Florida state or Miami or North Carolina. If they're not going to start digging into the ACC's teams to put them in the sec, that could be good news for the ACC. This might be the difference between them surviving or dying. Honestly. Um, now it's not great news for the ACC because still if other conferences are getting stronger and the ACC isn't, then they are getting weaker, even if they're not doing anything. Like if the ACC just keeps all the teams that they've got under their umbrella right now, while the Big Ten becomes a monster, 
And while the SEC becomes an even bigger monster, because they were already a monster, and now you add gigantic uh, properties like Oklahoma and Texas, the ACC just simply by doing nothing gets weaker as other Power Five conferences get stronger. But still, if this news means the SEC isn't directly coming for your Clemsons and your Miamis and your Florida States of the world and taking them away from the ACC, Atlantic Coast Conference officials must be breathing a sigh of relief right now because maybe they can survive and continue to live, you know, a pretty decent existence. Their TV deal still stinks. I would love it if they could do something about that. You know, you talked about that potential Pac-12 alliance to try and up the TV deal. I wasn't too thrilled when I saw that report because it didn't really give you much. Um, and, you know, I know Andrea Adelson from ESPN was tweeting about it, and she basically said there's really not a whole lot of financial gain in that potential alliance. So it is what it is. But still, it's good news for the ACC in their quest to just continue to exist if the SEC is not going to come in and start poaching some of their schools the way that the Big Ten just did to the Pac-12, because the Pac-12 is big trouble right now. So, you know, some of you watching this like the ACC. A lot of you watching this don't care for the ACC, but it is good news for them. A um, couple of other takes that I've got on this. Many of these SEC schools would not want them to expand beyond 16 making the league bigger simply because that means they're going to have more schools to share the TV revenue with right now, when you add schools like Texas, especially because Longhorn network and all the following that they have in Oklahoma's right there, obviously they're adding something to the financial pot and they're going to make that pot bigger for everyone else. Um, you know, I don't know for sure. I'm not an expert on some of these financials. I don't know exactly how, Clemson or Miami or Florida State or North Carolina, how would how they would impact that financial split? I'm sure Notre Dame would add to it because that's, you know, a financial absolute monster. So they've maybe decided, you know what? And, and last year, for example, I've got some of these numbers that were shared in the Saturday Down South story um, in 2022 or last season, I guess 2021, whatever it was last season, they shared $778.8 million among their 14 schools. They split that money, right? So I guess the fear would be if they just add more teams to that, it's going to be 16 in a couple of years. If they were to expand to 20, would the overall revenue split go down even if the number of schools goes up? I'm sure that's something that they're concerned about. It always comes back to money at the end of the day. It's why, and when you're talking about $778 million TV deal, yeah, that's why I laugh. This is a total side note on my part, but that's why I laugh when people talk about players shouldn't be getting paid and these are amateurs. Like when you've got universities making millions and billions of dollars off of these players, the whole amateur thing is ridiculous. I'm glad NIL exists. I really am. Also, here's my big takeaway from this, from the SEC side of things. I think the SEC, they want the Big Ten to make the next move. And they want to react to it. I think they want to counterpunch. They don't want to punch, okay? They want to see if the Big Ten will take anyone from the ACC or anyone else from the Pac-12, or if the Big Ten wants to take Notre Dame, if they can make a serious pitch for that, because Notre Dame, they're weighing all their options right now, including staying independent. And then if the Big Ten punches again, 
then the SEC will counterpunch. They will react. They want to be reactive, not proactive to this. Because they're right. They are in a pretty good position right now. With 16 teams and the brands that they have, the SEC is in a really good position. So they don't really need to do anything else unless the Big Ten tries to do something else first. So in short, the SEC isn't really saying a hard no to further expansion. It's just a no for now. Let's see how the landscape plays out, okay? Um, and so, again, makes things a little bit more boring if you're a Miami fan or a Clemson or Florida State or North Carolina fan because this is going to slow down some of the rumors a little bit. But I would watch the Big Ten. I wonder what the Big Ten's going to try to do. If they're going to say, you know what, we're good for now after just adding USC and UCLA, we don't need to do anything else, then it becomes a Cold War pretty quick and just all this stuff dies down. But if anyone makes another move, it's going to be the Big Ten first before the SEC were to make another move. Something we're watching out for today. And folks, this might be a two-episode day of Locked on Canes. We reserve two episode days for commitment days. And at 3 p.m., we're going to get an announcement, good or bad. I think it's going to be good. We're going to get an announcement today at 3 p.m. from Raul Aguirre. Are we getting Aguirre to the U today? If we do, and it's going to come down around 3 p.m., we will do an emergency episode later on today. Why do we want Raul Aguirre to Miami so badly? A number of different reasons. This is a great linebacker, six foot two, 220 pound, four star linebacker out of the state of Georgia. We want good players and we especially want linebackers, right? Because again, every time we talk recruiting, I get questions hey, when are the linebackers coming? When are the defensive tackles coming? That's a position we're going to be talking a lot more about throughout the week. Hopefully, uh, Ruben Bain hopefully will be like the, the next first domino to drop there at defensive tackle. But we need linebackers as well. And I know Charlie Strong has been recruiting the likes of Raul Aguirre and Malik Bryant very, very hard. Miami's linebacker coach wants to get the best possible players in so he can coach them up. So Raul Aguirre is announcing at 3 p.m. today. Um, I want to put this on record. We'll see how this looks after 3 p.m. today. According to the world-famous 24-7 composite, he is the ninth-ranked linebacker in the nation and the 121st overall prospect for the class of 2023. So write those down. Ninth-rated linebacker, 121st-rated player, because if he commits, and he does commit to Miami, an hour later, he's, oh, now he's the, the 15th rated linebacker and the 200th rated. We, we're going to know. We're keeping the receipts this time, folks. Um, I feel good about Raul Aguirre potentially committing to Miami. It's between Miami and Alabama. Um, there are a few other schools in the mix, but anybody who's really been following it closely knows it's been a tug of war between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Miami Hurricanes. A couple of things you should know about this player beyond him, again, being a really good linebacker. We'll talk more about that. His father is from South Florida and actually went to Columbus High School, just like Mario Cristobal did. And uh, my buddy, uh, our buddy, Brad Tejeda, was telling me, like, uh, Aguirre, you know, he's got, like, 
305 Miami tattooed on one of his arms. So he loved, even though he doesn't live and play in South Florida right now, he loves South Florida. That's where his family lineage comes comes from. So as an actual player, from what I've seen and heard about Raul Aguirre, um, he's got no major weaknesses, which is great. That's why he's a four-star player. He's got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the intelligence, and he's got the versatility. Um, he's a three-down linebacker, no limitations. You never have to take this guy off the field. Um, and, yeah, the trends and projections in the last couple of days, and keep that hashtag going, by the way, Aguirre to the U. Keep that going. Uh, the trends have come in lately for the Hurricanes, including Miami insider Gary Furman, I believe, logged a prediction, him coming to Miami. So it is between Miami and Alabama for this player. Let's hope it goes Miami's way. Hey. The Hurricanes are getting some love in the Phil Steele preseason rankings. I th- It's the only physical magazine that I still buy every year. That's the only reason why I know hard copy magazines actually exist. Where do the Hurricanes rank? I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised every time I, locked o- I log on to LinkedIn. The sun is out. Small businesses are back. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond. It's the world's largest professional network, over 810 million people. Then you add your job with the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's a lot. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's available July 18th on Locked On NFL or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I've always thought Phil Steele, who's one of the best in the business covering college football, I've always thought he's one of the few good ones, like national guys, who actually give the University of Miami a little bit of respect. Right. This is not like a Mark May or a Lou Holtz type. And of course, Lou Holtz has his history at Notre Dame, but not one of these guys prominent who like backstab Miami and hate Miami. Phil Steele. Phil Steele's always given Miami some respect. And with the landscape being what it is right now, with what Miami's building, how can you not give Miami respect? But so much of what we've been talking about on the show lately has been recruiting like class of 2023 that we don't often, at least not lately, because there's been so much going on in recruiting, we don't often focus on what we have right in front of us, right? Tyler Van Dyke, James Williams, Leonard Taylor, all the talent Miami's got, that running back room, right? We don't talk about it enough because we look so far in the future, but let's ground ourselves for a second. Phil Steele, you know, puts out his top 40 every year preseason, And he gives the Miami Hurricanes a number 12 ranking. I'll take it. 
if you were to tell me, of course, I want to do even better. But if you were to tell me before this upcoming season starts, Dono, would you sign up for the Hurricanes finishing the 2022 season number 12 in the nation, take it or leave it? I'd probably take it. Uh, I think that's right around where I expect Miami to be at the end of the year. I think they're not going to be quite a college football playoff team. You know, they, they'll probably get to the ACC title game, maybe, maybe not win it. I think the Hurricanes are going to be right around spitting distance of number 12 one way or the other. Uh, but that's some respect from Phil Steele. Here's what he says about the Canes. Mario Cristobal left a, a lot of talent behind at Oregon, he said, but he inherits a lot of talent here, including super quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. And then he hit the portal and brought in more talent. Yeah, man, there's some good players in that portal. Even recently, I guess technically not a portal guy, a Juco guy. That's like a different classification, but I'm going to be watching Colby Young, the six foot four blazing fast wide receiver Miami at it. I'm going to be watching him. I'm going to be watching Frank Ladson from Clemson. I think he's going to end up being a very good presence in the locker room and on the field. Mitchell Agude, Caleb Johnson, the linebacker. I think the Hurricanes have added some good talent. Um, he says, Miami ranks in my top 35 units in all eight positions, he says. I'm actually surprised that includes even linebackers. That's good. He says, they do face Clemson and Texas A&M both on the road, but they get pit at home, which could put them in the ACC title game, he says. Um and so if you look at other other important spots in Phil Steele's top 40 in terms of Miami opponents, Clemson will be Miami's top ranked opponent in that Phil Steele top 40. They check in at, they check in at number four. See, that's one of the discrepancies that I'm going to have here. And if I get proven wrong on this, I get proven wrong. I think Clemson's getting overrated by just about everybody. I think people just assume they're going to instantly bounce back and, you know, that, you know, whether it be DJ Weungalele or the freshman coming in ends up being the starting quarterback there. I think people just assume Clemson's just going to go back to like their form of two years ago. Um, maybe Clemson will be better than Miami this year. I'm not saying that's not the case, but like everybody's got Clemson like top five. I think they're overrated a little bit. Uh, I probably would have had Texas A&M ranked slightly higher. So he's got Clemson number four. Texas A&M, who Miami plays on the road in September, he's got them number nine. And he's actually got Pittsburgh, a spot ahead of Miami at number 11 in his top 40. Then uh, I guess it goes beyond top 40 because the next highest Miami team that he's got on his list is Florida State at number 60. So the Knowles are number 60. You know, Miami is uh, is in the uh, the top 12 on his list. So I will take that. Um, you know, I think as far as Miami this year, something that makes me feel pretty good about this coming season, you know, Miami does have a tough schedule, yes, but I think they're going to improve. Like, even if they only improve one or two victories from last year, I think they're actually going to improve more than that because some of their perceived weakest spots on the field are some of their best coached spots. When we talk about those linebackers, which was arguably the maybe the weakest unit on the field last year, being coached by Charlie Strong and being taught superior technique, not only by Strong, but also defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, he's obsessed with proper tackling. Like Miami was the worst tackling team in major college football last year. 
uh, I had to start muting their games because when I start to hear the broadcasters, every time Miami missed a tackle, there's another missed tackle. They lead the nation and missed tackle. I got tired of hearing it. I had to hit the damn mute button. I got tired of hearing that. So you're not going to have that many issues with tackling with Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong. The technique's going to improve. These linebackers will always know where to be, even if they do have some physical limitations compared to some of the other great linebacking cores in the country. They're going to be better coach. I'll say the same thing about the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be impeccably coached. So a couple of what were Miami's weakest units in recent years are going to end up getting stronger due to the type of coaching they're going to receive. So that makes me among good business in the transfer portal. People don't like it when I use the word business when I talk about this, but that's really what it is, folks. I mean, tra- you know, and I'm not like talking about paying players. Like that's not what I'm saying. But the the transfer portal, it's basically college football free agency, right? The same way, you know, when you add an NFL free agent, I'd say good business. I say that about the transfer portal. That's just what it looks like to me. So yeah, I, I if you're talking about national title contention, I think Miami's probably still a couple years away from that. Uh, but I think the Hurricanes are going to be a pleasant surprise for a lot of people out there who don't think they're going to be very good in 2022. And they've got that eight and a half win over under. I'm smashing the over. I think they're going to win at least nine games this coming year. So, you know, we talked about our Raul Aguirre watch. He's going to be announcing the four-star linebacker. He's going to be announcing at 3 p.m. today. We got a good question that I want to answer on the other side from one of our, our Twitter friends about one of the offensive linemen that the Miami Hurricanes are in hot pursuit of. Will he become a game, and what will he bring to the table if he does? I talked about that eight and a half over under. Folks, you can check out numbers like that at betonline.net. They're your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. All sorts of college football futures, you can get them at BetOnline. The latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season as well. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Got a question from Hurricane Keys on Twitter. Now, Hurricane Keys, do you live in the Florida Keys or you just love the Florida Keys? I know everybody loves the Florida Keys. I'm going to be down in the Florida Keys this coming weekend. So if you are there, give us a shout. Uh, Locked on Keys says, hey, Alex, absolutely love the show. Thank you for that. I listen every day. When can we start to talk about Olaus Alinen a little bit more? I like Olaus a lot. He says, I think he's going to be our hidden gem in this class. Completely underrated like so many others. Thank you for all the hard work. Go Canes. Now, uh, just to set the record straight, Olaus Alinen is not, at least not yet, a Hurricanes commit. I hope it happens. Uh, Miami's competing with Alabama for his signature. Can we take a second just to reflect on how cool it is that for a dozen or more players in this class, Miami has been and will continue to be battling directly with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And Miami's already won some of those battles. You're going to lose some. 
Nick Saban hasn't lost it yet, right? You're going to lose some of those battles against Bama, but you're going to win some of them. You already have won some of them. I didn't think we'd be here. Uh, after Manny Diaz and Blake James less than a year ago, I didn't think we'd be in a spot where we are competing directly with the likes of the Ohio States and the Bamas of the world for commits and winning a lot of these battles. I think that's really cool. So um, my take on Olau Salinan, who's a, a four-star offensive tackle, I think he would be a perfect fit at Miami. And I'm not just saying that because I want all the good players. I think he would be an especially good fit because he's already good enough to impact any offensive line in the country, but he's also raw enough and has a high enough ceiling and he's teachable enough that I think this specific coaching staff, what we were just talking about with Mirabal and Cristobal, I think they can bring his game to an even higher level because our offensive line coaches are kingmakers when it comes to offensive tackles. They specialize in identifying and developing talented linemen. So the story on Olau Salinan uh, is pretty cool. And he had he had such a good official visit at Miami a few weeks ago that he extended. He and his family stayed for almost a week in the area. And then they took an unofficial visit after the official visit. I think five days later, the official, they took an unofficial. So it's it's obvious Miami has made an impression on this player. So he grew up in Finland in Helsinki, but he plays his high school ball in Connecticut. He's And he's only been there a couple of years. I think he got there like after his sophomore season. So he mostly grew up playing offensive line in Scandinavia, which is interesting. But he does have a family connection to American football. His father played in NFL Europe for years. And he also, I think, got a lot of tryouts in NFL training camp stateside. So, um, you know, his he comes from American football bloodlines. And Olaus, from everything I understand, he's very versatile. I mean, he's an offensive tackle. Don't ask this guy to play guard. But he can play left tackle or right tackle at a really high level, right? So, you know, he could end up being – because if um, – you know, the same thing with Francis Maui Goa. He could play left tackle. He primarily plays right tackle at IMG. So you could like, you know, uh, maybe Olaus could be the left tackle to Maui Goa's right tackle. Um, I also think Samson Okunlola, though, is going to end up at Miami. So Miami's in play for a lot of big time offensive linemen. And shortly before I got on here for the show, I noticed Olaus tweeted today, big decisions ahead. Hopefully that decision comes our way. I know Olaus is getting a ton of love from Miami fans. Uh, he's been giving a ton of love. Like he's been talking about Miami almost nonstop on social media. So he seems excited about the possibility of being a hurricane. You know, anytime you're competing with Bama, you know, you can never say for sure. You know, if he ends up going to the Crimson Tide, it is what it is. Miami's not going to win them all. But yeah, I, I feel pretty good about Olau Salina. And I also feel really good, let me emphasize, about Samson Okunlola, who's an even higher rated offensive tackle in this class. Miami could end up, when it's all said and done, they could end up signing their best offensive line class ever if you go by the recruiting rankings. Even if they try to take stars away from some of these guys, Stargate is what I call it. This could end up being the best offensive line class ever for the Hurricanes. So if Raul Aguirre does commit to Miami today, if he commits somewhere else, 
I don't think I'm going to talk about it. But if he does commit to Miami, we're going to have an emergency episode later this afternoon or early in the evening. So stay tuned for that, potentially. I want to remind you, friends, you can get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper, who's awesome, and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen, Locked On ACC. So we will talk to you either later on Tuesday or on Wednesday for another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.